Welcome to Grit in Medicine, a Mayo Clinic Talks production, inspiring grit, growth, resilience, inspiration, and tenacity in medicine. Hi, I'm Dr. Anjali Bagra, an internist in executive health at Mayo Clinic. And I'm Dr. Susie Mosler, an anesthesiologist specializing in pain medicine at Mayo Clinic. Today, we are joined by Mr. Josh Murphy, Chief Legal Counsel at Mayo Clinic, um, to talk to us about men as allies. Thank you so very much, Josh, for joining us. You're very welcome. It's good to be here. So can you tell us a few interesting things about yourself, Josh? Sure. Um, although I'll probably have to go to the period of my life before I became a lawyer. That was a much more interesting time. So uh, I'd offer two things after college but before I went to law school I actually had an opportunity to go to the Oscars. I was living at the time um, in Santa Monica, California. My roommate's dad was an executive at ABC. They were producing the Oscars and he got us tickets to go. For those old enough to remember this was 1989 and this was the year of Rain Man and it was a wonderful evening. Fantastic. The second Um, Interesting fact I would offer was also during around that same time period before I went to law school, I uh, worked as a bicycle messenger in Boston in the winter time. And so I was riding my bike from building to building, delivering packages and documents back then before we had email quite as common as we have it now and really enjoyed the work even though it was kind of hazardous and I didn't have health insurance at the time. Wow. I have, yeah, I have to admit an interesting fact. I have never personally sat down with somebody who has attended Oscars in real life. So thank you. Um, that is very cool. Uh, we had a fantastic session earlier today when you presented at GRIT 2019 at Ojai Valley about men as allies. I have to admit the audience, the attendees were, I mean, all of us were spellbound by your deep and rich perspective. What does grit mean to you? Uh, For me, I think grit has two elements to it. And one is a little bit protective. I think Mm. grit is about developing the skills and the knowledge and the insights that helps us make our very challenging jobs a little bit easier, a little bit less stressful, and helps us all develop a, a better balance between our personal and professional lives. The second element, at least in my mind, about grit is that it helps serve as a springboard. It helps us not just have that stable foundation, but also gives us the skills and the inspiration to advance further in our career if that's what we want, if we want to attain higher levels of leadership in the organization. And and you talked about, um, in terms of work and teams and that if we're not working in a lighthouse, in fact, we're working with other people. That's right. And so you talk about grit in an organization and then talked about men as allies. And can you expand upon that and how you define allies and men as allies? Sure. And what I tried to do was draw a distinction distinction between men as colleagues and men as allies. And Male colleagues, in my mind, are those people that we work with and that we like and we have a good relationship with, we help each other. Uh, They're our peers. And it's important to have peers, men and women, people that um, help support us in our jobs. 
But men as allies, when I use that term allies, I mean people that go a little bit beyond that. Mm -hmm. They're not just good um, uh, colleagues, they're not just good peers, they're not just thinking about their individual relationships with men and women in their workplace, but they're thinking about the issue and the cause of gender equity. And they are using their energy and their political capital to make a difference in the workplace, mm -hmm. to bring about structural and cultural change to help bring more gender balance to the workplace. Yeah, well, thank you for that, because I think it's critically important for gender equity, not just within medicine, but any other field, is something we cannot ignore. And we have to take a multifaceted view on it, just exactly as you said, because being an ally, advocate, or a, an accomplice, kind of like that, you covered the whole spectrum today. And I think you, you really went beyond just being an ally. You included being an advocate. You included being an accomplice. I know we gave that topic um, you know, to you for the talk, but yes. I, I feel like you really covered that whole spectrum on um, you know, what it takes to be a good ally or an advocate or an accomplice. And you touched on some very uh, critical barriers to why is it so hard for all of us to be on the same page? Sure. Why is it that we create an in-group experience, for example, in a venue like GRIT, where like there's around 400 women who are talking about these issues, but we have very few men. Right. Um, and so, and I think it's very important for us to get to the grassroots of that. So it would be great if you could share with our audience, you know, those barriers that you talked about. Sure. And the, and the way I tried to approach it was ask the question, why aren't more men engaged as allies already? Mm -hmm. Because I think men for the most part, you know, are good and decent and well-meaning people, but why aren't they more I on agree. board? Yes, we <laughs> agree. We're both married to men. I know. Yeah. We both have sons. Yes. Yes. Um. But but it still begs the question: why yes. why aren't they more engaged in such an important issue? And I and I think the primary uh, answer is a lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. um, most men don't understand the issue of gender inequity nearly as well as women because they don't um, experience the world like women do. Yeah. And I had mentioned in the talk, uh, privilege is invisible to those who hold it. And I think that's really so true. true. When gender equity doesn't negatively impact you, you don't feel it. Mm -hmm. And just by virtue of human nature, you don't care about it as much. And you're not using your energy and your time in a busy day to do something about it. But I do think there's hope men can be educated and enlightened and inspired. Um, one other element I'll mention or reason I'll mention as to why I think men are not more engaged than they are right now, and that is there's an element of fear. Mm -hmm. There is this misperception that improving the station of women through addressing gender inequity will somehow or another detract or pull men down. Yes. And so they're a little bit afraid of what might happen if there's more equity in the workplace, when in fact, if there is more equity in the workplace, it is a gain for everyone, both men and women. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm curious, you presented today to over 400 women in the audience. How did you feel? I think it's a, it's a great question, and I, I would say yeah. this. I wasn't nervous in the moment, 
and um, and that's probably because I presented in my career. Yeah. Been at Mayo for almost 20 years now. I presented a lot, and I feel fairly comfortable in front of a room, but I felt a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to do a good job because it's an important issue. Um, it's an important conference, um, and I wanted to help the audience, and I wanted to also honestly represent yes. mm -hmm. men as well in a very yes. positive light. You had a very heavy, like you were heavy lifting today yeah. on behalf of um, yeah. the organization but, and all the men. But I'll mention, um, it, it, it's been a very positive experience for me. Both of you have mm -hmm. provided a lot of support and guidance for me, and when I was up on the stage, and beginning the talk, I looked around and there were a lot of friendly faces there, um, people I know well at Mayo, and so that helped a lot too. Well, we're certainly grateful to, that you accepted our invitation, first of all, <laughs> yeah. um, that you were willing to, to travel, and it speaks, um, as you said, men are more willing to listen to men, or may mm -hmm. listen more about mm -hmm. this issue. And so having you here to talk about this in the high level that you are at um, is very impactful. And it speaks loudly to us, to our colleagues and to our trainees, so that we're grateful. What would you uh, tell our listeners and tell us for people who maybe work in an environment that doesn't have colleagues who are as aware um, and you kind of talked about some of those things when you're closing sure. about how do, how do we and how do they move forward to start to make some change sure. in their organization? I know it's not easy and I mm -hmm. don't want to oversimplify it at mm -hmm. all. So that's my preface for what I'll say next. But I honestly believe there is such a strong case to be made for gender equity in the workplace that it's very doable. Mm -hmm. Um, my background is as a trial lawyer, and so arguing my client's case, and I think this is a great case to be made. And you mm -hmm. think about the audience, you think about them sort of mm -hmm. as being a jury, um, and you need to influence them. And I think the way to do that is to bring together your team. I refer to it as mm -hmm. an advocacy team. It needs to be the right people who can be effective communicators, who have respect within the organization, this is your A team. They are gonna carry the ball to make a change in the organization and they need to bring together um, a persuasive packet of information. And there's so much, I and mean, all you have to do is start reading and you can see how much great information there is out there about the fact that gender inequity exists, that it's harmful to women, it's harmful to men, it uh, mm -hmm. reduces the performance of organizations, and if you can address it, it's better for everybody. And so this advocacy team should pull together the best information they can, written, audio, visual, and use that to start increasing their ranks. Not necessarily going to the C-suite right away, mm -hmm. getting to other people who are influential in the organization, converting them, so to speak, to be male allies, and eventually, if you get to the C-suite, if you can get to your CEO, CAO, mm -hmm. if you can get them to care about changing the dynamics in the workplace, if this can become a goal on your organization's uh, performance scorecard, mm -hmm. that's when you're going to start to see change.
-hmm. Yeah, and I think what I took from your talk today and with what you've shared is essentially these three to four steps of creating awareness, getting action rolling with through yeah. advocacy groups. And you talked about barbershop discussions, sure. and mm -hmm. getting men together and sharing data, um, rolling out policy. Because that's, you know, that's powerful. Right. Um, and you need to do those two steps before you roll out policy and then follow up. Right. So I think you brought up barbershops. Yeah. So I think we need to hear yes. you explain that a little bit. We can't, we can't leave that hanging. Right. Sure. That was really awesome, by the way. So um, the, the reason I even mentioned it is because of my role as an executive sponsor. Yes. For um, an employee resource group at Mayo Clinic. And employee resource groups are... There's lots of them at Mayo, um, and these are groups that bring together people who have a shared interest in any number of things. And the merge that I'm the executive sponsor for is uh, Greater Leadership Opportunities for Women. So this is a group who wants to empower women by giving them skills and capabilities to allow them to become leaders at Mayo Clinic. And one of the activities that they asked me to do in my role mm -hmm. was conduct a series of barbershop conversations. And these are men-only conversations. Mm -hmm. The idea is to create an environment where men feel can safe, feel safe yes. to yeah. say the wrong thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, to say something that right. might be controversial in mm -hmm. a different room. And we talk about gender equity and inequity, what's behind it, right. what behaviors perpetuate it, how people can uh, make improvements mm -hmm. um, at all different levels of the organization. And we've held these barbershop conversations with frontline staff, with supervisors and middle management. And the next one we're gonna do actually is with higher level leaders at Mayo Clinic. And at those, you had comments and feedback or snippets from women Correct. Exactly. And videos some of the experiences. Of mm -hmm. this, and this was really interesting. And, and what we what we did was we had these series of questions that the men in the room mm -hmm. answered and discussed. Ah. And then without letting them know it was coming, we said, now this has been a great discussion, yeah. but let's hear from some of our female colleagues. Let's hear what they have to say. Let's hear what they experienced, what they've observed right. at Mayo Clinic. Um, and it was during those moments when we were just listening to the voices of our coworkers talking about how they've been negatively impacted by gender bias, how they've observed behaviors mm -hmm. that perpetuate gender inequity in the workplace. That's what really got to the men in the room. That's when they really felt, I think, think, a stronger it was connection. Were the men surprised to hear those stories? Yeah, I think wow. so. Yeah. I think so. And it was, I think it, it really did create hmm. Um, a stronger connection in their minds and hearts to this issue. I think that's, that's such great. a critical, yeah. important step to align experiences. And you know, we could be so off because that outgroup, and it's so critically important to bridge those, you know, bonding spheres that we create at workplace. And I don't think this is exclusive to healthcare by any means, but really critically important in our field because we care for humans sure. and we cannot afford to have blind spots and difference in perspective. What are the three takeaways you'd like our listeners to leave this show with? I would say that um, women should engage men as allies to address gender inequity. The main reason is because at least in our current world, 
men are in most of the positions of leadership, and so they have the authority and the ability to make change more complete and faster. So it's important for them, those male leaders, to be on board. The, the reason men aren't already more engaged, we discussed a little bit earlier, I think it's mostly because they just don't quite get it. Mm -hmm. um, and women can do a lot to help them see the world differently and better understand how these disparities impact women. Uh, and then finally, um, once men are engaged, uh, the way to do it is through, again, those things that you mentioned. Looking at the policies and the practices mm -hmm. that can really bring about a change and level the playing field, um, which right now, frankly, isn't level. And Mrs. John Rigo talked about this earlier, about this really diversity as an innovative strategy right. and that we need to come up with different ways and certainly engaging with our male colleagues and allies that we have around us is a powerful way to do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so very much for sure. taking out the time to join us, Josh. Thank you for having me. Thank you.